podcast is brought to you by New Hope Baptist Church. For more information, visit the website newhope.net.au or follow us on social media. Okay, church, it's good to be sharing with you today. Uh, I'm Tim. Uh, It's a bit of a happy and a sad moment today that... uh, we're in lockdown. I was really looking forward to coming and sharing with you in person, but I guess there's a bit of a blessing and a curse and you sort of take the good with the bad. I mean, the good is, is that, thank the Lord, I only have to give this sermon once and not twice. Uh, blessings are that every, all of you guys get to be at home on your couches, in your oodies, uh, just like Adam was a couple of weeks ago, snuggled up watching church. Uh, how good. Uh, I think as a, a church, we are so blessed uh, here in Melbourne. Um, I think God really carried us through 2020 and through 2021 so far. And uh, being a part of New Hope in this community is really awesome. So it's a real blessing and an honour to come and share with you today. Uh, pray for our leadership team. They need it. Uh, they took a big swing on uh, getting me up here this morning. Um, my prayer for you today uh, is I'm just going to throw, throw a few things at you and I just pray that something might stick in your heart that encourages you, that gives you hope. Um, something that you can take on uh, today and into your future. Uh, today is our penultimate message uh, for our favour series, which is really exciting. Uh, it's our final character study today. Uh, we're looking at the Apostle Paul today. Uh, Alan's going to preach to us next week about now is the time for God's favour. Uh, so we might be in person next week, we might not, but I'm really looking forward to hearing that message and wrapping up this series. It's been really awesome. I definitely know that I've gotten a lot of stuff uh, from this series in my own life. Uh, before I kick on, I just got a quick encouragement that I just want to bless you with this morning. Uh, fitting, it's from Paul. It's uh, found in Romans 8. And he writes, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory uh, that will be revealed in us. Uh, I think we can read that as I consider that our present lockdown is not worth comparing with the glory that will one day be revealed. Uh, the future glory that is revealed in us, it won't be a counterweight. It's not as if we have this much Uh, suffering and heaviness, and then there's this much glory that balances out. Uh, Not at all. Paul says that it will outweigh. uh, And he even says it to a point uh, that it's not even worth thinking about. It's not even worth bothering to sort of put your mind there. Like the glory that is coming is uh, so much greater than any suffering that we might be going through at the moment. Uh, So I just want to encourage you with that. I think that's something really amazing to put our hope into today. And Paul also encourages in that part that we share with the sufferings uh, with Christ so we don't have to bear them alone. So if you're struggling at the moment, really quickly, I just want to encourage you, there's a few ways that you can reach out and get support at this time. Uh, one, if you head to the New Hope website, we've got a support section that you can fill out and our team will get on that ASAP. Uh, like Katrina said, we've got a number in the right, top right-hand corner that you can text and our prayer team uh, will give you a ring as soon as possible and pray with you today. Uh, and the third way is that our team at Community Care is still going to be in the building this week doing food banks. So if you need a practical hand, uh, and support this week. Uh, do come on into New Hope and our team will be happy to um, care and connect with you. So we're looking at Paul today. Um, Paul is an immense figure. I know, really easy one to get given as your first message uh, to the morning service. Just take Paul. There's so much of Paul. Easy. They said it would be great. They said it would be fun. Paul was immense. Uh, he was a Jewish leader in Jerusalem. Uh, he was a persecutor of the early Christian church. Um, but Paul went through this uh, miraculous um, transformation when he met the risen Jesus Uh, It changed his life and it completely flipped uh, his life trajectory. Uh, And he ended up from that point doing two really significant things. Uh, One is that he went on uh, missionary journeys. Uh, He went on three really significant missionary journeys. You can read about them in the book of Acts. And the second thing he did 
was write very uh, influential letters to the early church and to young apostolic up-and-coming leaders. And so today our passage is actually going to come from one of those. We're going to look at the, uh, the book of 1 Timothy. This is the first letter that Paul wrote to Timothy. Uh, we'll find our passage uh, in chapter 1, verses 12 to 14. Feel free to read along with me. Paul writes, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me faithful, appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. So you might notice that the word favour isn't directly used in this passage, um, but we find favour actually in the word grace. Uh, grace is, uh, the Greek word is charis, uh, which has really strong undertones of favour. Uh, the definition we get for grace then is uh, the unmerited favour of God. And so you can read that passage as uh, that God abundantly poured out his unmerited favour upon Paul. So by the time Paul is writing uh, this letter to Timothy, uh, he's getting a bit long in the tooth, he's getting a bit older. Uh, and by the time that he's written this letter, he has lived a full life, uh, a really full life. And Paul at this point just has a wealth of knowledge, has a wealth of life experience. Uh, and this is the place where Paul is writing from. We get to share in that today. So I think for today, there's a lot of things that we get to learn from Paul. Uh, I think from Paul's example, we can find and discover where God's favour is in our life. Uh, and just, it, it's going to hit us when we uh, read this passage, it's awesome. Uh, this passage, there's so much going on. There are so many things that Paul sort of brings forward. And I just want to bring two things to the table. I mean, it would be really easy to preach a whole sermon series on uh, God's merciful character uh, to us as sinners. Um, but the two things today are a little bit different. Uh, and I would hope that they're really practical and something that uh, as believers, as Christians, we can really um, take on board and be really practical for us. So the first thing uh, is the practice of remembrance and reflection. Remembrance and reflection. So in this passage, what does Paul reflect on? Well, really strangely, and this is probably what caught my eye about it, uh, he actually reflects on his shortcomings. He actually reflects that he is a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a violent man. And I just find that really strange that, and it's probably really jarring as to why it sort of stuck out to me in the last couple of weeks while I've been sort of preparing this. And uh, actually, interestingly, it's not the only time that in Paul's letters that he actually sort of reflects on kind of the ugly stuff in life. And I'd like to read another passage to you where Paul does a similar thing. Uh, this passage is 2 Corinthians, his second letter to the Corinthian church. Uh, chapter 11, verses 23 to 28. Feel free to read along with me. Paul writes, I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. That one nearly got him. Uh, and probably by the time that uh, Paul wrote his letter to Timothy, he was probably looking like a big bag of roadkill. Three times I was shipwrecked. Got to pull you up there, Paul. Uh, if you get shipwrecked once, stop getting on boats. Two of those are on you, bud. I have spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from the Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, 
and in danger from uh, false brothers. Can you see a theme happening? I have laboured and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked and besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all of the churches. Who needs a bath after that? I am tired. So why would Paul specifically bring these things forward in his writings uh, to the church and also to Timothy? Because surely if you're in Paul's position, and you're past the suffering and you're sort of past like a season of trials, uh, surely you just forget about them, push them in the past, and you just thank God that you're not there anymore and you thank God that you're in a good season. Um, But it's not the case uh, with Paul. And I think there's something uh, more significant here that I think we can get out of it. Um, Paul never lets it rest in those spots. He never lets it rest. He never stays stuck or trapped uh, in the hardships or the weaknesses or his shortcomings. He goes on further to say to the Corinthian church uh, in the next chapter that God's power is made perfect in his weaknesses and that he boasts about these things. Paul boasts about these things for the sake of Christ. So for the sake of Christ, Paul is doing all these things for the glorification of God. I think it's important for us today to see and understand that he never overlooked the ugly stuff though. In fact, he brings it to our attention so that God, uh, he may bring God even more glory and that Paul may glorify God in his inner being as well. I think the view that I get from this uh, about uh, our struggles and our weaknesses is almost like when you're in the backyard and you've got a, a big, like a heavy rock or maybe a tree stump or something that's stuck in the ground, you need to sort of yank it up and you sort of need to leverage it and you sort of get a plank of wood, you put another little thing and you push down and you try and leverage it up. I think that's almost what Paul is doing with his weaknesses. He's actually using them as a leverage to even glorify God even greater uh, in the earth and within himself. There is something significant about naming the trial, but not to leave it there. And there's a, there's a practical uh, response here. There is a practice. Uh, it's almost a spiritual discipline or a spiritual rhythm. And uh, this is something I think that we can take uh, on ourselves. From Paul's shortcomings, his trials, his hardships, his weaknesses, his persecutions, all the difficulties and the sufferings, Paul learned how to draw a line from his sufferings, from those points, to a significant move of God and to a significant move of God in his situation or a significant move of God within his heart, a heart transformation. Paul could draw that line. I think that's so important for us and that's where you don't get stuck on your weaknesses. Um, And Paul, again, he sees that. He sees the initial part, the sufferings, as actually a leverage to bring God even more glory. And I think in doing this, the beauty of this, in drawing that line, is that actually in hindsight, you get to see God's favour all the clearer. It almost brings it under the microscope and you actually get to see almost step for step what God was doing in that time, that God's timing was perfect. You get to look back. And we get to see that again in our passage from 1 Timothy. Paul, once he brings these things forward and says, you know, I was a violent man, a persecutor, a blasphemer, it actually then glorifies God even more when he brings up God's mercy. It glorifies God more when he brings up the strength that was given to Paul uh, from God. The grace, that unmerited favour that was poured out abundantly 
on Paul. And Paul would say that it needed to be poured out on him abundantly. Again, kind of that image from the start, it needed to tip the scales in the other way. And it also brings forward and glorifies the faith and love that he found in Christ Jesus. Throughout, the glory of God always triumphs over hardships and failures um, because from the weakness, he is made greater. From realising this, we can bring uh, God the glory that he deserves. In this practice of remembrance, uh, he is drawn towards the goodness and the faithfulness and mercy of God. It wells up from within him. And this, is in, this encourages him. This uh, empowers him and charges him to keep going on with the mission uh, and to keep going, to keep giving God the glory. And I think it can do the same for us if we implement it the same. So that's the theory. So what can we do as followers of Jesus um, to practice this, to live it out? Now, it sounds really easy to sit back and reminisce and reflect and draw that line, think about the struggles, but then see how God's timing was perfect and how he came through or how he did a significant internal work or he shifted the environment or the situation. But I think it's actually becoming more and more difficult uh, and harder in the culture that we live in. I mean, we live in Melbourne 2021, which is just... It's so fast, it's, it's like so progressive. You know, I would say that we live in an age of hurry and distraction. Um, I have a couple of quotes, fear not. I didn't get them from TikTok. Uh, I got them from a real book. Uh, I tried to do my study for this. Uh, I had a thought before that the Gen Z's probably, or Gen Z's probably don't actually know what Kurong is, which is a bit of a scary thought. Uh, we live, again, we live in an age of hurry and distraction. Uh, Ronald Roldheiser once said that we are distracting ourselves into spiritual oblivion. And I think he's onto something. We live in an age of social media where it is just consuming so much of our time. We are totally like just distracting ourselves to get to the end of every day. Like who doesn't wake up in the morning and the first thing they touch is their phone? I don't have mine on me. Um, but even social media, it's, the whole thing is it's designed to keep your attention, to distract you, to keep your focus. And I think a byproduct of this is if we're not careful that this can actually rob time from God, uh, rob time that we would give to him and take it away from God. And that cannot be a good thing. That cannot be a good thing. Um, Dallas Willard, uh, he wrote the book that we based one of our series off, uh, New Hearts. Uh, he once quoted, hurry is the great enemy to spiritual life in our day. And I think he's onto something. We can be so obsessed with the next thing, with the next thing in the schedule, the next big project, maybe the next pressing financial issue, that we possibly might even miss or neglect a good thing, a blessing, the favour that God is pouring out on us right this minute. And that would be such a shame. That would be such a shame to miss out. So what are the things that we need to do to combat, uh, to combat hurry and distraction in our lives? Well, I think we need to be really proactive and super intentional in, our, in, our, uh, in the way that we approach our reflection. Uh, we need to become really quiet in our spirits. We need to slow down and we just need to let our hearts be blessed uh, by the heart of God. And I think the big thing here is time and space. Uh, one of the ways I've found is that there are a host of spiritual disciplines uh, that can guide you and really help you in this. Personally, I'm a massive fan of, of Sabbath, just setting aside a whole day where I just try and slow down. I try and get rid of all distractions. I try not to go on my phone. 
Um, silence and solitude is another really common one, but there's, there's so many, and ultimately it's, it's probably best for you to go and dig through it, do a bit of research, and actually find some stuff that really helps you in the way that you live, that sort of uh, that fits in and works really well. Now, the beauty of remembrance is that maybe we can begin to see, once we've practised it and once we're going through it, we can begin to see that we're actually in the thick of God's favour uh, right now. When we do look back, we see the trends. Right now, we can start to begin and think, oh, wow, I can actually kind of start seeing God work, working and moving in my midst. midst. Uh, and it would be a real shame if we were just so busy, so hurried, so distracted that we missed that. So the main point about remembrance, I'll get on to our second point soon, is that it's only beneficial if it leads to the glorification of God. Uh, and the glorification of God on the earth and the glorification of God within you. Uh, there's, and there's also no point in just reflecting on the hard stuff. That'll just make you, well, depressed. Uh, it is so vital and important to learn what Paul did to draw that line from the trials, from the hardships, from the weaknesses. Draw them to the times when God blessed him, when God showed him favour, because that is where God is glorified. So the second point that I want to bring up, so that's one, that's uh, remembrance and reflection. Second point is thanks and gratitude. And we get this in 1 Timothy, which is with the first three lines of that, uh, of that passage, three beautiful words that will get you by in life. I thank God. Uh, reflection and remembrance may be difficult to learn, but once mastered, thanks and gratitude uh, will come naturally, will come easily. It will overflow out of you. Um, it will almost happen effortlessly uh, because I think because you've had a first-hand experience of God's favour and a first-hand experience of what the kingdom of God is like. I think it just comes naturally and effortlessly once we've practised in our remembrance. And the beauty of remembrance and gratitude is that once it becomes a rhythm, it can actually help encourage you and give you a great hope when you are in the thick of life, when you're in the midst of trials and your hardships. And I say this because when you've seen the work of God before in your life and you've seen and experienced his faithfulness, you can take then a great hope that he is currently working in your life. Sometimes we can't see it because we do live by faith and not by sight. But if we put this into practice, maybe we'll be able to see some of the evidence at least of God working in our midst right now. And I think that is so exciting. And then in great faith, we can begin to show our gratitude and thanks even in the midst of our trials, even in the thick of our trials, because we, lo- we, we hope and we trust that God is working and that he is uh, doing his good works for those who love him. Sometimes, and this is sort of a, as a worship pastor reflecting, sometimes I think the smallest act of gratitude towards God, uh, even in the real thick stuff of life, even as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I think some of the mo- those most powerful times is when we just give whatever gratitude and whatever thanks we can, all for God's glory. And I think even if, even if we continue to look at the life of Paul, the thing that immediately comes to mind is Paul and Silas uh, singing hymns uh, when they're uh, locked up and chained up in prison. And just the smallest act of gratitude saw an, an immense move of God in that time. And I don't think Paul and Silas were expecting or demanding of it. I think they were just trying to give God the glory that he deserves. And so I'll wrap up by saying, I don't want to go too long. Uh, the remembrance of previous trials, uh, which led to favour, bring us now into present joy and to present gratitude. The remembrance of previous favour will bring us hope, an encouragement now in the midst of our trials and in the midst of our struggles, which will again just lead us into gratitude and thanks. 
But ultimately, the whole act of remembrance and gratitude will lead to the glorification of God on the earth and within you. And so this morning, I want to do something a little bit different. I would usually pray now and then we'll sing a song, but uh, I'd love for us as a church to respond. Uh, Growing up in my household, there was a pastor who was quite influential on my parents. Uh, His name was Paul Wimber. And Paul Wimber said one of these really, uh, one of his funny little things he used to say that it was caught and not taught. And I think this morning we can experience, um, we can experience the favour and the blessing of God. And I think all of this teaching, it's great when it's head knowledge, but unless it's experienced, I don't think it really bounds to your soul. I don't think it bounds to your heart. And so this morning, I want to encourage you as you sit at home, just to maybe shift a little bit differently. Maybe you want to stand up. Maybe you just want to close your eyes or hold your hands out. Uh, Maybe, I don't know if you've been watching this standing, but maybe sit down. I don't know who watches YouTube standing up. Um, But I would just love to lead us in a response. So Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come now into our households, into our homes, onto our devices, wherever we're watching. We just slow our hearts down. Holy Spirit, would you come? Spirit, would you reveal to us, would you bring something uh, into mind, something from our memory? Maybe it's something of God's favour, maybe it is drawing that line from something that was tough, but now we have, God's glory is now revealed, God's favour, God's blessing is now revealed in that. Yes, God, we give you honour and we give you glory for these things. God, we remember these times. We remember when we were at our weakest, when we were sinners, when we were struggling. But God, in this time, just remind us of your faithfulness. Remind us of your mercy. God, begin to draw that line for us. God, we trust in your goodness. We trust in your faithfulness. And we thank you for that promise when Jesus was telling us that, you know, that we will experience hardships in this life. But he said, take heart. I have overcome the world. Well, thank you that we put our trust, we put our hope into that. And God, as we move on into the coming weeks, Lord, may you draw ever near. By the power of your Spirit, will you bless us, will you guide us, will you lead us into moments of quietness, where you speak to us, where you remind us, will you show us your favour, your blessing and your... And you're just amazing glory. God, we also ask that you empower your church this week. Empower us in a lockdown. God, even though we are locked down, you are still moving. You are not locked down. And Lord, we ask that you move powerfully within us this week. And Lord, even as we enter into these times of uh, trials and hardships, whether they are now, whether they are in the future, Lord, remind us, And in those times, show us your favour. Show us your blessing. God, lead us out of those. And Lord, help us grow. Help us to be more like you. And God, in all things, we give you honour, we give you glory. All for the name of Christ. Amen.